welcome to the Lower Life Podcast, where we seek to navigate our days with a little less stress and ideally a lot more fulfillment. On today's episode, we discuss goal setting. We're asking ourselves, what is an effective method to set goals and what do we aim to achieve in 2021? I'm Mike Anderson. And I'm Darlene Tonelli. Hello, good day. Greetings, Darlene. <laughs> Greetings and Happy New Year. Yeah. I've been working on my goals. That's what I do the first couple of weeks of January usually. And especially when there's going to be a podcast where we do the goal setting exercise that we first introduced on this podcast in 2019, but we update it post-pandemic, better content, deeper understanding, holy moly, as you would say. So you, I think that you, the listener, can probably tell already that Darlene is very anxious and excited to talk about goals because she's a go-getter and a keener and has done all this work. I, on the other hand, want to talk about television shows um, and things that make me feel good because I am not that. And um, as you mm-hmm. will we'll get to, I didn't even set goals last year, which I think in retrospect probably landed me in the same spot I otherwise would have been because you know, we all know what 2020 uh, held. Um, and so I guess today, Darlene, you will walk me through this great new approach you have to goal setting. And we might touch a little bit on our on the goal setting method we uh, went through in 2019, the Jack Canfield uh, seven steps as described in his The Success Principles. Yeah. That's right. And if anyone was listening to that episode in 2019, I'll just give a brief background, which is that I've always used this method for very, for a long time. This book was written in 2005. I've used this method of goal setting mainly because when I first encountered it, it was one of the first goal setting methods that I had seen that encouraged a focus on the whole person, not just material goals. Uh, it's very much a bunch of different categories in your life that you set goals for, and you've just always got your eye on the whole ball, basically. And so it's been really useful. But I found through the pandemic year that a few things, I observed a few things. Uh, One, a lot of the sort of self-help, new age stuff that I was seeing, goal setting, business productivity advice online, it's really all directed at making more money. And if you do this, you will get a bigger house or get hire me to get a million Instagram followers or hear how I did it. It's always like broadcast from this beautiful house. And the subliminal messaging is, you know, if you do well, material reward will be the thing that you get. What I've observed is that doesn't really get to me. And why? Like, why doesn't that work? So then I thought, let's let me as an exercise for myself that I'm going to share with everyone make sure that the underlying reasons I'm setting goals are are driving me to actually achieve that goal. So just to sum up, I can't make a materialistic goal just on its own. It's got to be motivated by something deeper that matters to me or that aligns with my values. So I'll get into it later in the episode, but I did find a book that that sheds some light on that that I would suggest we use in addition to Jack Canfield. Make sense? Absolutely makes sense. I think that I feel the same way. Well, you made fun of me in 2019. Like, let's let's be clear. Part of this thinking was motivated by you and the pod because I set this goal in 2019 that I would post on social media three times a week. 
And at the end of the year, I think you identified as it as like a fail for mm-hmm. me. Is that, is that accurate? Am I misremembering? Well, I knew from the get think so. that it was going to be a very difficult goal <laughs> for you to achieve because you even had disdain in your voice when you were talking about it being your goal. Like I could tell that you mm-hmm. from the second it came out of your mouth, you knew it was going to just be such a slog because... I don't know if you had that direct connection to an output that you actually w- were fulfilled by. I think it was more driven by an obligation. Um, and I should. Um, yeah, I, I, I sensed that the goal perhaps would be a struggle for you. At the end of the year, when we recapped the year, I did make fun of the goal. Uh, and, <laughs> and so... Um, and my execution of said goal, yep. Sure. <laughs> Uh, so I am, I'm heartened. I'm excited to hear about your goals this year because I imagine I probably won't have the same reaction. I think probably not. So I learned something from that goal. And so here's the method. The, the, new, uh, the new information that I have about how to set goals in a way that's going to work for me. And who knows? I mean, it may be that I think that the Jack Canfield school of goal setting is very in line with the sort of Jim Rohn, Tony Robbins, Brendan Burchard, uh, Tim Ferriss, there's this very kind of, I'm going to call it masculine, but I don't, I don't know if that that's the only thing that it is, but there is a school of productivity thought that I think works really well for some people. And so, and it might be that there, there's a similar school that's more of a feminine approach that I haven't yet encountered. So if any listeners know that and want to direct message me on social media, <laughs> And get an answer Which you are constantly a few weeks later, then and, and available, <laughs> and replying instantly to folks, <laughs> or my email. Anyway, <clears throat> if someone wants to do that, that would be great. But this method that I've discovered just makes it makes sense to me for whatever reasons. I won't even identify what those are. But here's the approach. It's by an author called Colin Tipping, and the title might be a bit off-putting if you're just getting into the. If you're more focused on typical productivity approaches, the title is Radical Manifestation, and it's very much in line with this law of attraction stuff. And I know, um, which I don't normally talk about, but he lays out this approach. And I think what, what I took from the book was, I read this book a long time ago, but I didn't connect with the goal setting piece when I read it. So when I reread it, there's a, an explanation where it says there's a baseline goal. So my social media goal would have been a baseline goal. That's a material goal, a, something that has to do with ego, self-gratification, comfort, success, uh, survival, comparison, you know, like an idea that I have that if you are to be successful, you have to be on social media. So that's the goal. If I just set the goal to post three times on social media and don't do anything more than that, I might fail at that goal, even if it's, you know, follows all the other rules of the success principles goal setting method. So what he does is he goes two steps down and he says that you can tie, it's not wrong to set that goal. Like I wasn't wrong to set a goal of improving my interest and ability to use social media. But I didn't tie it to something that actually is important to me. So he goes to a next step, which he calls a transformational intention. So you've got your baseline intention, which is the material level. Then you go to transformational, which is about a goal like overcoming old programming that you have in yourself or figuring out your life purpose or being good to people around you as a goal. So that's 
that, if you tie it, then I might have been more successful if my goal had been, you know, for me, something that's more natural, like, you know, highlight one person from my team each week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like something that I would have an underlying interest in in doing with that is a, totally aligned with my values. So are you with me so far? I'm following. Believe it or not. I know I have a simple brain, <laughs> but I'm with you. <laughs> okay. Um, so, and also, I'm clearly not an expert on this. This is just, you know, part of the journey that we're on that we're sharing with our listeners is to figure out new stuff and just show that there's not one approach and it, it evolves over time. So then the third level that he says is this transpersonal, so beyond yourself. So most likely to achieve a goal if you can connect it to something bigger like social justice, uh, concern for humanity, um, you know, bringing more generosity into your life or more love or whatever. So to me, that totally transformed what I put on the page this year as my goals. So you can still put the baseline goals, but then if you actually hope to achieve them, you must tie it to something deeper. So now that I've explained that, do you think that your goals that you have written down fit that? Uh, yes, I really do. Great. Did you know this intuitively without needing to read um, it, perhaps? <laughs> I mean, you're going to hate me saying this. Possibly. But I think that is, um, at least for the past couple years... Uh, maybe a few years, been the way that I've made a lot of decisions. Like I basically at some point decided to create like the overall priority list of things in my head. Like what are my top three priorities? Mm -hmm. um, which I always battle between which is number one and which is number two because of the whole uh, put your oxygen mask on first principle. But uh, so the, the, they're, they're, the, the, the first two are health and family. I don't know which one's number one and which one's number two. Um, but just out of those two things drives a lot. Like, um, for example, when it comes to work, really, my goal has just always been to maintain the level of income I need to, to keep paying the mortgage and provide, you know, enough for my, my family that my kids can be, well, when they exist, enrolled in some courses or like, you know, camps or gymnastics or whatever, like that sort of stuff that we can go on a vacation. Like that is... That's what brings me to my financial goals, not it doesn't start with a number and then I guess theoretically work back to me somehow supporting my family. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, yep, it totally does. Uh, that's been amplified obviously by the circumstance of COVID mm -hmm. because, uh, for my family, like we all just basically have each other, right? We're a family of four and a dog. Um, and my wife and I, I know, are just now more than ever, uh, just really hyper important figures in our kids' lives. Like there's, not to say we weren't before, but now there's just us, basically. <laughs> um, uh, right. And in that way, I'm focused on this year being the absolute best I can be for my kids and my wife, uh, because it, it without that being available to them we're just destined for a really a lot harder of a time uh until life gets quote unquote back to normal so that so i my health related my health pillar i guess you could call it has been amplified i think because i need to focus on that to make sure that i can support my family properly certainly personally and then as a corollary um with my with my income and with my work so most of my 
most of my goals are driving out of that intention now. Right. So I think when you explain it that way, if you picture it, I mean, when I've always done the seven goals from Jack Canfield's approach, so he suggests that you suggest you uh, set out seven goals, at least three goals per topic. And the topics are uh, from memory. I have them in front of me. Do you want me to run through it? Go ahead. I want to ease your day. I guess I'm trying to <laughs> take a load off your shoulders because <laughs> I have it in front of you, if, that, if that's yeah. permissible. Go. Yes. Number one is work and career. Number two, finances. Number three, relationships. Number four, contribution to community. Number five, recreation and free time. Number six, health and fitness. Number seven, personal goals. See what you did there? You're like, oh my God, she's going to mess with a list. <laughs> I have to step in. <laughs> I got to help her get this done. No For future oh, podcasts, Mike. lists are your area and summaries. Okay, so those are the those are the items. So I've always historically listed those or made a grid, like a square with like quadrants for each of those things. And I think what you just described is very consistent with this of having an animating energy for all these goals that makes really good sense to you. So you could almost put family and being, you know, your best self for your family as your main goal that drives all the quadrants, right? So in, in work, that would, you know, mean that you're, um, making sure that you set a minimum hours that you have to do to hit the financial goal, but, um, you know, creating pipelines that make that possible, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it does make sense. And it, I think that's why it's, you're already doing this, but it's probably helpful to people to say, um, you can still also just have a basic materialistic goal. I'll give you the example that they use in this book. Um, the, the author says, you know, if you've always had a goal to have a Jaguar, and it's just so you can be fancy in front of your friends, you know, you might not achieve that goal. But if you've always had this sort of limiting poverty consciousness where you're just, you're not sure you're the type of person who could get a Jaguar or you're always destined to drive a, you know, I don't know what the, the opposite would be, um, you could make your goal to overcome that, that thinking that you have. Because that's a really negative thinking pattern. And I think uh, the goal to get over negative thinking patterns is its own very important goal. So that's, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to have a necessarily today. Um, like, I think that's a pretty evolved view that you have. The family drives the whole um, wheel here. But if people aren't there yet, and they're still sort of closer to the spectrum of, you know, here's what I want to achieve, I want to make partner, I want to hit this income level, I want to do these things, you know, there's not really anything wrong with that, as long as you're looking at the like, what's inside yourself, and how you can improve that to get those things. Um, when I went through the Jack Canfield steps, it was all driven by, you know, my overall goal, uh, which I've mentioned about uh, best supporting my family. So um, it made it way easier to fill those things out. Because um, I was like, okay, all these things ladder into the that overall simple but you know major goal that I have. So, for example, um, you know, health and fitness. The one thing I've noticed, especially in the last couple months, uh, is doing something good for my brain and for my body each day. Really, really, really m allowed me to be a better uh, partner and father. Like I just was way more at ease. I felt happy. I felt calm. Really, in in a lot of situations that otherwise I would feel the stress level rising. 
So that is my health and fitness goal of the year, simply driven by the fact that I have the overall goal of being a good dad and a good husband. If I didn't have that top overarching goal, it would be like randomly picking some like, I'll do 30 pushups a day. Like, and, and there is nothing there that is satisfying to me, really, I guess, other than like checking a box each day. But th- there's nothing organically driving me to do that, right? So I, I just think that your, you know, modified approach, your next step approach, whatever you want to call this, combining these two things is extremely helpful. And actually, it allows you to, I think, much more naturally stick to your goals, because it has this like, almost a dual impact, like you're getting the positive thing from your health and fitness goal. So I, I am reaching health and fitness levels that are good by by doing something good for my brain and body each day. Also, overall, that ladders into this really simple and uh, overarching goal I have for the year. So I, I kind of feel double as good when I'm doing the stuff, I guess. Right. Well, and that's a very important point because <clears throat> if you are if you are making goals and you are driven like many lawyers and you're you're very you're used to hitting your goals, right? So there were goals set for us for a long time. We chose to adopt them as our own, but you know, get good marks, like do well on the LSAT, get into the law school I want, get the firm job I want. We're used to achieving external targets that are set for us. So I think for lawyers, the process of goal setting is particularly fraught because we are in charge of that goal. We are very uh, hard on ourselves for not hitting goals. And I would just say that what I've noticed over the years is I've been hostage to my goals because I've defined for myself, oh, what I need is X goal. When really to achieve that goal, there was a cost that on another level I wasn't willing to accept and that had a consequence. So I think that this is just the message, I guess, overall is goal setting is about living the life you want to live. It's about developing a mastery of who we are as opposed to going and getting the things that society tells us we have to get. And it's really fulfilling. So jokes aside about the social media, because I do my goal setting process every year, I do, I did find that I achieved a lot of my goals last year, but I achieved them slightly differently. It was just more of a day-to-day achievement. And then the ones where I missed the mark, often it was because they were in conflict with some other value, you know, so I don't want to make money at other people's expense, for example, (laughs) You know, like things that I don't want to hit my goal if it collides with another value that I hold more strongly, perhaps. So that's that's some of the learning that pandemic living has brought to me. And I think it's it's worth just thinking about. OK, that's that's interesting. So day to day stuff is easier to achieve. Is that what you're saying in some way? I would I would become aware if I wasn't doing the things that led to my goals every day by having a very simple app that would show me okay, it's it's very it, like it's green if you've done everything well and it's like white if you haven't. So on if I've had a, a run of green days, I know I'm on track. If I've had a run of white days, I know that you know I need improvement in certain areas. So basic things on there, meditate, wake up early, uh, work out, go for a walk, you know, basic, 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 you know, but all of those things put me in the frame of mind to, respond appropriately to what I needed to respond to in the day and to move towards my goals. And without that kind of keeping myself accountable to this baseline every day, I don't think that 
I would have achieved the goals that I did achieve and, and or, as we've talked about before on the pod, maintained my sanity through the pandemic. So that reminds me of the whole BJ Fogg tiny habits kind of approach, which is good to integrate into this, I think. Um, and basically what we get from that is you're far more likely to achieve your goals if you kind of break them down or set them up to be tiny, easy to achieve habits, right? So instead of perhaps of your goal, Darlene, being I want to, uh, you know, be a uh, meditation master, period, <laughs> however you would quantify that, you said, I want to meditate every day. And you didn't say, I want to meditate for an hour every day. You just said, I want to meditate every day. And I'm sure that there were some days where, because of a million circumstances, maybe that was just five minutes. And in some days, maybe you had more time and you needed it more. And so maybe that was 45. But it was the same check mark. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Actually, my goal was to meditate three times a week. So right. I vastly exceeded it because it's now daily. Yeah. I'm not predisposed to like on January 1st feel like everything needs to change from the previous year. I do think though, no matter when you do it, looking at where you're at and trying to set yourself up to meet an overarching goal is a useful exercise. And so be it, 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 some of this is fighting against my just kind of predisposed look at resolutions, but really this can be really useful. It can be extremely useful and have great effect. Think of the mindset that you're in at the beginning of a year. Usually it's a little bit quieter with work. You've come off of a nice break. You're feeling refreshed. You feel like you really have a handle on your priorities. And then you just get absorbed into daily life. So I actually think what we've identified here is that there are two pieces to this goal setting. You sit down, you come up with a list of goals in the quadrants that that match with your values. Then you set a daily action plan to keep yourself in that high level of energy and performance. And that will help us achieve our goals. They, they go together. It's hard to achieve ambitious goals if you're laying on the couch feeling badly about yourself, generally. But we all know when we're most productive is when we're doing the things that we're talking about. It's good. We've come up with a method. It would be very easy, I think, for many, many folks to be like, honestly, guys, screw you. <laughs> like, this is insane. <laughs> like, how could you be at to asking me to add anything more into my day right now? This is the hardest it's been for a long time. Um, and that is probably true for many folks. Yeah, I would say, though, that it you could even... I mean, for me, a big, big set of goals this year was just getting through the day with my, like in a kind mindset. So it's almost like it feels extra. And, but I think that we're those friends who we're not saying like, treat yourself at the end of the day, <laughs> you know, treat yourself with a, a blizzard and some Netflix to, to deal with stress. You know, it's the stuff that's hard to do that makes things better. And there's no, there's, I don't think there's any exception to it. I mean, it doesn't mean that you can never have any fun in life. But um, I think to look at stuff that is essentially self-care and to say that it's too much or it's too extra, um, I think the thinking has to be reframed. And part of what reframes it is getting away from this idea that you do it to make a million dollars or you do it for the Jaguar. No, you do it to have a good relationship with your kids. You do it to uh, enjoy your interactions with your clients. You do it to not lose your temper if that's a pattern that you've had or you know there are all kinds of reasons but it's not about it's not about getting the brass ring or the gold ring it's about being 
like living your life kind of thing. So that makes it easier, I think, to add. Do you agree, or does that still sound yeah, a lot? It's to- no, and I and I'm on. I, I I fully am subscribed to what you're saying. Like I do see it as an investment that does pay off for sure. I mean, we're like I'm getting as close to uh, the best person I can be by doing this stuff. For anybody that's starting, I, I'm just trying to acknowledge that. I know this sounds like a lot, and and it could really um, be hard. You have to start small. And that's it. Like, um, And there's such amazing resources. Um, maybe that's something actually, darling, we should do in another episode, uh, is just like kind of talk about our favorite resources, because that might be really helpful for folks that are just starting out. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the other thing I would say is I, if I had a nickel for everyone who said to me, you talk a lot about meditation and I tried it once and it's not for me. <laughs> I hear that all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I've tried lots of things once and it's not for me. But what I do then is I go and look at a bunch of different things and I think, well, some, one of these will connect. Like if you, if you were like, oh, I exercised once and you know, it wasn't for me. It's like, oh, what'd you do? Oh, I did a spinning class. Well, maybe spinning's not for you. <laughs> like I, it's such a, it's an interesting thing to throw out you know, meditation and mindfulness is a big, 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 big space. So even if we recommend a resource, which I'm happy to do, and we should, yeah, that would be great. And hear what other people use. Um, uh, you know, if it doesn't connect with you, just that's okay. There will be one that has. And I think that's the, that's the beautiful thing. There's so much free stuff available. And, Mm -hmm. and that's the thing with this podcast. Like we just, we're just putting out our own experience and journey in the hopes that it's helpful to other people. And you have to start with where you're at. So much self-help book, like so much self-help literature and and these coaches um, are out there saying, just do what I do and everything will be fine. That's not true. I don't believe that. I don't aspire to that. I don't don't espouse that, that line of thinking. But I think that it's just hearing other people going through it, talking about what they're doing, stop talking about the stops and starts, amending thinking, having a growth mindset. That's... That's where we're going. Speaking of where we're going, we're going to a break right now, and we'll be back with our goods and gripes. The Lawyer Life Podcast is brought to you by Inter Alia Law, experienced legal counsel when and where you need us. To learn more about Inter Alia, visit the website, that's spelled I-N-T-E-R-A-L-I-A-Law.com. Thank you. And we are back with our goods and gripes. Goods are things we want to promote and support, and gripes are things that annoy us. Darlene. Okay, so such a good and you know I'm often late to the party when it comes to TV and social media. But I, I have constantly been an upset that I can't watch Saturday Night Live clips from Canada online. But suddenly we can. And I don't know how long this has been going on, but I can suddenly see all of the clips from the old episodes and stuff. So I went down a rabbit hole this weekend watching like the Barry Gibb talk show with Justin Timberlake and Jimmy Fallon and the Californians and all these old skits that are just comedy genius. 
And it really upped my mood. So I want to share that in case people aren't aware of that. But uh, all those old skits, Deep Thoughts with Jack Handy, going back to the 80s, there's some, some great stuff up there. Did you know that that was up there? No, I did not. I think, well, it's... Oh. Because I mostly... Um, I'm always after, like, the the most recent episode, which is uh, belongs the rights belong to a certain network mm-hmm. here in Canada. You have to go to their website to do it. And uh, so I do that. Um, but it's good to know some old stuff is up there. I, I, uh, yeah, there's, there's some, everybody has their like cast, right? So I, I'll, I'll dig into some, I'm, I'm kind of the, uh, a little bit of the Sandler Farley rock group into like the (laughs) Tina Fey, Will Ferrell, Sherry O'Terry, Maya Rudolph, Amy Poehler, everything in that spectrum is like right, right in my wheelhouse. So I'll, I'm going to go do some digging. Right. Yeah. Love SNL yeah. so Once much. you start, it is it is very hard to uh, <laughs> stop watching. But yes, so good. Great. What about you? Um, I, I, I'm fully on board with, I can't remember which Scandinavian country always says this. It's like one of their philosophies. But uh, there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad equipment. Um, and really when you're intentional about being able to stay outside in the cold for a long time with layers and all that stuff, I, it, it is really possible. Good winter equipment really makes a big difference. The last weekend we were outside tobogganing, whatever in, um, in the snow, I was sweating because I was so well equipped. It was like, (laughs) it was too much, but anyway, you, I know you got a good winter coat last year. I similarly finally got a good winter coat last year. Add a couple layers onto that and some snow pants, and boy, you can be outside for a long time. So my uh, my good is is just good winter equipment, which we need so badly at this point in time because we gotta gotta get out of the house. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's key. It's totally key. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you got some warm stuff because we're gonna need it. What about a gripe? My gripe is um, the sticker on fruit. Okay, explain. I just don't... Here's the thing about the sticker on the fruit. I think that unless you're a complete saint, which Darlene, maybe you fall into this camp, you don't put the (laughs) sticker anywhere where it should be. I just feel like anytime you take a sticker off of a piece of fruit, you're sticking it on like the nearest thing or or it sits on a counter or whatever. (laughs) Like nobody ever disposes of it properly and it's hard to get off and it leaves a mill... You have to wash... Anyway, I don't like the sticker on fruit. It's also a little odd if you think about it, because I think the cashiers know with the PLU without yeah. uh, like looking at it. So it's just a little odd for although the it does banana people does help whatever. me get the kids to eat bananas specifically because it's like, know, here's your Elsa. like Buzz Lightyear banana. <laughs> like okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and perhaps that's a good thing about it actually, because I do the kids like those stickers. Okay, yeah. I have a kid related gripe. Mm. It's not related to my key. Well, it kind of is. So for Christmas, I got a speaker that connects to my devices. And it was really fun for the first day when I was like, play, you know, this song. Then it became way less fun because my kids learned to use it. <laughs> and now it's a nightmare and I need to take it back. <laughs> okay, well, this was fun. Yeah, this was very fun. Um, thank you for your time and for all of your contributions to this wonderful topic. And to you. We will talk soon. Talk soon. Okay. 
That's it for this week's episode of LLP. Thanks to Inter Alia Law for presenting the podcast and to Nick Fowler for composing and performing our music. See our show notes for his website. Don't forget, we love feedback. Please comment in the review section or subscribe or like. We'd appreciate it greatly. That's it. Talk soon.